God is good. And all the time. Let us pray. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, lead us in this moment of worship in which we seek your face and your grace, in which, Lord, we come to hear your word as you have been present through music and prayers and children's time together. So, Lord, speak to us. We've been talking about your voice a lot, Lord, and we've been seeking to heed your voice. So take away our distractions. Take away those things that try to steal your voice from us or hide your voice from us. Lord, we want to be your sheep, but sometimes we don't know where to go or what that means or what it looks like or how we respond. So speak to our hearts. Set my voice aside that it's clearly your voice that's heard today. In your name we pray. Amen. Have you ever been working on your computer or your phone and the screen freezes? You're smiling. Yes, it happened to all of us. It's frustrating. It's stuck. We're stuck. And what do we have to do? Reboot, restart, refresh in some capacity. I was listening to a devotion on the Bible app that I have on my phone, and they gave this picture, and I thought it would fit well for us this morning as we talk about stewardship. Stewardship, I think, is that just thing for us. It helps us to refresh. It helps us to reboot. It helps us to restart. We're, we're caught in going through the routine. We're going through the same thing day after day or week after week. And when we begin to talk about stewardship, it reminds us of our priorities, especially of God being our top priority. And when God becomes that top priority, it seems like everything else in our life, even those things that frustrate us, begin to fall into place. When we make God a priority, life begins to renew itself and have purpose, meaning, and order. And with that becomes lots of joys and blessings. And when we're not feeling that way, and perhaps you're not today, then we're reminded of God's grace and mercy and the foundation upon which we fall or stand upon that holds us until we can feel and recognize and share those joys and blessings again. So I think the question for today is, how's your faith? And how is your practice of faith? Stewardship is the practical expression of our faith. How is the practical expression of your faith? May the blessings we have received be reflected in the blessings that we share with others through our stewardship. May the blessings that we have received be reflected in the blessings that we share with others through our stewardship. And that begins with our relationship with God. And today's scripture is a reminder and a refresh of how and what that relationship looks like. So join me as we turn to our gospel lesson today that comes from the book of John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 
10. Join me in the Bibles you brought with you, your devices, or in the Pew Bible that that is before you. Someone asked me this week too, and I've been meaning to share, that this is the NRSV version is what I read from, which is also the Bible in your pews. You're welcome to follow any version, but if you're on a device and need to know what that is, then it's the NRSV is what I read from on Sundays. John chapter 10, verse 1. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, my dad, who left us in February, left my children a gift. Stuff. Lots and lots of stuff. Taxes back to 1962. Receipts from every piece of furniture or appliance that he's ever bought. Appliance manuals from appliances that hadn't been here in years that I've never seen in my life. Receipts from every farm equipment that he purchased. Business cards three feet high. Every birthday card, every holiday card that he's ever received. And pictures in triplicate from probably every project that he has ever done. So you might be saying, how is this a gift from my dad to my children of all this stuff. Well, Susan and I pledged that we're going to go home and get rid of most of our stuff. That our children won't have to go through one day all those things that we have been collecting and saving. When we moved from Covington to here six years ago, we kind of condensed boxes from three to one and thought we were doing good. But yes, I've kept every utility statement, every bank statement in the past six years in two file drawers that we're going to start getting rid of so our children don't have to spend six months going through all our stuff. Abundant life is not the same as abundance. We can't take all that stuff with us. And our children and grandchildren don't need to have to go through it. And why not? 
why not today don't we share the resources that we've received so we can receive the blessing and see the blessing on others who receive it too while we are alive. What gift will you leave? What gift will you leave your children and grandchildren? What gift will you share with others that they might receive the blessing that you've received? I guess the real question comes to this. What motivates that decision? What is it that prompts us to respond to that question? There's only one decision, decision that leads to an abundant and fulfilling life. It's a choice to follow God through Christ. There's only one decision that results in the greatest joy for our life and the gift of love that we seek to offer to others. That's a choice to follow God through Christ. And when we make that decision, we realize that we're really just stewards who seek to pass along to others the blessings that we have received. One of the greatest images that illustrates our relationship with God through Christ is that of the sheep and the shepherd. Look at verse 11 if you have your scripture open. I didn't read verse 11, but I, I think it gives us a summation of the first 10 verses or orients us in that relationship. Verse 11 out of chapter 10 of John. I am the good shepherd, Christ says. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Imagine being a shepherd. What must that job be like? Most shepherds belong to a village. The sheep they watched were usually owned by the village too. And sheep were mostly used for their wool. Christ begins to share how these sheep live and how they're protected in the wintertime and in the summertime. In the wintertime, they're in this communal sheepfold together. There's only one gate. And the only person that has a key to that gate is the gatekeeper. Look at verse 3 this morning in the scripture. The gatekeeper opens the door for them. The sheep know the shepherd by his voice. There are many different sheep in the sheepfold. And the sheep knew their master's voice, so when he went to get them and he called out to them, his sheep would follow him, but the other sheep would look away or not follow him. What a beautiful picture that offers for us of our relationship with God. With God being the shepherd, Christ being the shepherd, and us being the sheep. The sheep's ability to recognize the shepherd's voice and the shepherd's ability to call his own by name. I've wondered, we name our animals, our, our pets that we have. I wonder if a shepherd names, has a nickname for each sheep. And how in the world he distinguishes between each sheep if he does. But I think it's that kind of relationship that a shepherd has. And knowing the name of his sheep and calling them by name. This creates an intimacy between the
the shepherd and the sheep, this intimacy between God and us that's created. But what's also interesting is we see the absence of that intimacy in reference to the stranger. Because the stranger does not know the voice. The sheep do not know the voice of the stranger. A thief, a bandit, a stranger are a threat to the sheep and to the economic livelihood of the shepherd and probably also of the community. So as we begin to understand this relationship of God being our shepherd and us as his sheep, then what thieves, what strangers, what temptations begin to carry us away from that relationship with God, cause us to stray from that relationship with God, cause us to turn or to hide that voice in our relationship and intimacy with God. Jesus makes another reference in verse 9 this morning, if you see that in your scripture. Another reference to sheep's protection and where they live. In the summertime, the sheep and the shepherd would be gone for days. At night, they would sleep in makeshift pens under rocks or surrounded by thorn bushes. These entrances or these rocks or thorn bushes would only have one entrance to them. And it was a small entrance, so nobody could get through it. So the shepherd would find himself sleeping in that area, in that uh, gap. He literally became the gatekeeper for the sheep. The one of protection and the one of comfort. What to me is also an amazing image that is shown is oftentimes the shepherd would stand in this gap and the sheep would go between his legs and he would touch the sheep and make sure if there's any injuries or thorns and remove them as they entered the sheepfold together. So his sheep could rest and he would stay on watch for them. For anyone to enter this pen, they must go through the gate, which was the shepherd. A beautiful image of God's love and care for each of us by name and the hurts and pains that we might face, that we can find comfort and peace in our sleep too. But what about all the temptations that we face that beg our attention? Some promise that our problems will be solved, our woes will be no more, our financial worries would be wiped away. The decisions we make affect who we become and who we are. The choices we make determine the life we live and the responses to those temptations, those thieves, those strangers, those bandits begin to show who we really are. We face many choices. It can be exhausting. But sometimes we have to stop. Sometimes we've got to let go. Sometimes we've got to let God. And we cannot find our experience of fulfillment, our joy, until we do. We won't find it through our stuff. There's only one way to find fulfillment in our deepest longings. And that path begins with Christ. Why? Is that a path that we need to follow? Because Jesus is much more than a shepherd that leads us through the world. He's the gatekeeper to a brighter 
world. What does it mean to live as part of God's flock? That's determined exclusively by our relationship to the gatekeeper. What does it mean to live as the church, as one of Jesus' sheep? Who Jesus is for the community determines who the community is. In other words, who the church is cannot be separated from our relationship with Christ and the responses we make. So what would it take for us to live with glad and generous hearts? The gate keeps the evil out and the good in. But we can't always determine that for ourselves. We think we can. We think we have it under control. But we often don't have the willpower to make that decision. It's only the gatekeeper. And when Jesus becomes our gatekeeper, he becomes the filter through which we look at and interact with and engage the world. He becomes the standard by which we make our decisions. Thus, when we hear a voice, we can distinguish and know that it's God's voice. And we can joyfully heed his voice when he calls us. To know Jesus and to follow him is to have abundant life. I love the Greek translation of this word. It's a word of overabundance in which we share in the blessings that God offers us. When we try to live our own life, Eventually, life becomes dull, disillusioned, dispirited. What we possess eventually wears out, and their usefulness changes for the next generation. When we walk with Jesus and live also for others, we begin to experience that new vitality, that new meaning, that new purpose, that new joy and happiness and fulfillment. Perhaps we begin to live in this refreshment in which we undergo. The call to stewardship, this invitation to heed the voice of God, is that you might receive that joy, and those who come after you might receive it also. But hear this, know this, count on this. Jesus is the starting point, not what we have. A relationship with Jesus, life with Jesus, is the starting point, not what we have. And when we orient and order our life accordingly, then the blessings become abundant. And all the needs we have and others have will be fulfilled. Those who know his voice and follow him. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for this image in which you um, 
Remind us of the care and comfort as a shepherd that you offer us. Help us, Lord, as we seek to be faithful with those blessings and offer them to others that we might reflect their love too. In your name we pray. Amen.